Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. You know, we've had such great conversations about this topic. I thought I would go right to the expert. Shannon Goodson joining us here today. Question is, is the fear of self-promoting holding you back? This is such, I, I think you're like even hitting a nerve for me. Shannon Goodson joining us here today, master's degree in organizational psychology from Lamar University. She's an experienced psychotherapist, author, research counselor. She's also a noted expert on women in the business world. So her research has been presented professional organizations all over the globe. Shannon is president of Behavioral Sciences Research Press in Dallas, Texas. So I'm thrilled to have her on here since this is also an area that I've studied. I love the conversation. And I got to tell you, the whole self-promotion thing is very near and dear to me. Shannon, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, you know what, this whole idea to be talking about self-promotion holding you back and having it be grounded in research, I love this. Oh, well, good, good. We've been doing uh, research on this one area for 30 years, and you think we get tired of it, but we learn something every, every study that we do. We learn new things. So let me ask you. What is the latest thing you've learned? Because this whole idea of self-promotion, and I want to talk about the range of this. We're also going to share on the show, we're going to talk about some of the 12 faces of fear. But one of the things that I wanted you to address are the many ways that our fear around this show up, even when, you know, I said to, I said to a friend of mine, I said, you know, I'm talking with Janet Goodson. We're going to be talking about, you know, the fear of self-promotion. And he said to me, well, you know, that's something that you should listen to. And I thought, <laughs> okay, so well, <laughs> how do we detect that this is going on? Well, um, the, the first way to detect it is if we start avoiding situations where we could promote ourselves or meet someone. Um, the way that we define the, the specific area we're studying is that first contact, making first contact with someone. And we've it's not one thing. We've, at first we thought that um, it was just shyness or timidity or social anxiety, but we soon learn that it takes a, a several different forms and that's 12 different forms and we see it all over we see people who are looking for jobs they've got to get out there and and network and meet new people and introduce themselves to people so it can really harm them um, people who are trying to move up the ladder at work uh, networking is very important for them as well fundraising uh, especially for salespeople. Guys asking someone out for a date. <laughs> it, it happens in many different areas, and it's that fear. It's that fear of making first contact. Well, let's talk about that because, you know, there is you know there is this idea of sales, and we're going to talk about that today as well. But, you know, how do we know, and I know it when I avoid, and you just talked about that, but we're, we're looking at this way to diagnose this, and I love this. It, it's also part of procrastination. Is this also part of how we can look and detect? Is procrastination? Oh yes, that's okay. one of the, that's one of the symptoms that we put off. Let's say that, uh, for instance, I know that there's someone I need to meet and introduce myself to. Let's say I want to do a particular type of research, 
and it would be really good for me to approach this person. Well, I might make excuses and say, oh, well, that person really doesn't want to talk to me or, or they're not really interested in what I'm wanting, wanting to study. And I'll come up with all kinds of excuses not to make that first contact. And, and typically it's due to fear. We, we see that fear is very physical. And um, if you look at the research that's been done with phobias and those types of things, it's, it's a very uh, physical type of fear. And not everyone experiences it as strongly as others as we talk about the different types. For example, I'm a what we call a doomsayer. That's one of the, the types of call reluctance that we work with, or self fear of self-promotion. And if I'm not careful, I will always talk myself out of taking any type of social risk. I'm, I'm a shy person. I'm not very spontaneous. I, I find the worst-case scenarios in everything. So if I'm not careful, I'll spend all of my time behind the computer and not out meeting people. So I've got to be real careful about that. In, in sales, you're rarely going to see a doomsayer. They probably wouldn't even show up for the interview. <laughs> they would be so <laughs> so frightened about doing that. But doomsayer has a high genetic component as well, so it runs in families. Well, this is a great conversation because, you know, you are a co-author of, you know, the book Psychology of, uh, of Sales Call Reluctance and then also Selling Outside Your your Culture Zone. I mean, there are a lot of things we can talk about, but let's talk about the sales call reluctance because, you know, if you are in the world of sales, whether it is face-to-face and you already have clients um, or it is cold calling, there is a level of stuff that one must have to face. Many people say, look, you're either cut out for this job or you're not. Is that true? Um, not necessarily. I would I would say if, if you've got someone who's got really severe problems, say in doomsaying for one, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to get out there and, and prospect and constantly meet new people and introduce themselves. It's just going to wear them out. Whereas someone who perhaps is another type is what we call the over-preparer. And this is the individual who spends huge amounts of energy getting ready to prospect. They're, they're reading their prospect cards or getting on the computer to learn everything there is to know about a prospect. They're planning. They're preparing. They tend to be more serious and reflective. And so... All of their time goes into getting ready, and they never actually get around to prospecting. And this is one of my types as well. I tend to be more of an over-preparer. And you would typically see people who are, in, say, in the accounting industry, um, law firms, people who are more technically inclined, computer programmers. You would probably find more of them as, a, as over-preparers. So this could affect someone, say, who's in an accounting firm pro, uh uh, firm because they may be wanting to make partner, and part of becoming a partner is bringing new business in. Well, yeah, I mean, now we're talking scary stuff here because, <laughs> you know, because if your life dependency is on making the call and making those sales calls and really connecting, I mean, you know, it, I was told a long time ago, and I know you know this in the research and what you do, that we're always selling, but we're always selling in our comfort zone. Picking up the phone to, and, and, and talking with someone that's on the other end that you don't know, isn't that like a whole, that's a different dynamic, correct? Yes, it is. It's very different, and, and some people are much more comfortable face-to-face 
than they are on the telephone, and then you have the reverse of that. You have people who are more comfortable picking up the phone than meeting someone face-to-face. So let's talk about these 12 faces of fear. I, you know, I, I knew that there were a couple of faces of fear, but I tell you, I didn't know there were 12 of them. There's 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we've covered a couple, uh, doomsayer and overpreparer. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one that is very common, uh, is that, in fact, it's the most common type of car reluctance that we see is called yielder. And these are people who have difficulty with asserting their own needs. They don't want to be seen as pushy. They don't want to be seen as intrusive. So they're always deferring their own needs to other people. For a salesperson, it's waiting for the right time. They want to wait, you know, call the person at the right time because they they don't want to interrupt them if they're in a meeting. Uh, They don't want to interrupt them if uh, if they've got something important to do. So they're always anticipating and making excuses and delaying making their calls until, of course, it's, then it's too late. It's 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. It's time to go home. And, um, and so they are constantly deferring their needs. And this is another, this is really interesting because in, over the last few years, there's a type of uh, sales training that's been uh, promoted. It's called, they're soft-selling techniques. Yes. And they're designed to not be so intrusive, to help salespeople learn how to build rapport and build relationships with customers. And it's, I think there's kind of a backlash has occurred because you've got the stereotypical salesperson who's like Willie Lopen, you know, very pushy, very aggressive. And so we've swung over the pendulum to the opposite end to the person who's trying not to be pushy at all. And what's happening is we've got all these friendships being built, but there's no sales occurring. (laughs) But we've got professional visitors. I love this. As a matter of fact, I just had this conversation the other day with one of my folks. You know, this is part of, because we love to build relationships, and there are really people that are absolutely outstanding, right? Absolutely, and actually, you know, all of these start out as a good thing. There's nothing wrong with building rapport and relationships. It's if if you take it too far, then it can interfere with you meeting your goals. Well, isn't there a point, and we'll address this when we come back from break, isn't there a point that you can get with building such a strong relationship that you start to feel a little weird now about asking this person for what you ultimately picked up the phone and made the call to do. That is, which is, that is just a, that's really, really a good point because that's what happens. Um, you build have built such a good relationship that that person almost becomes a friend. And that's yes. another type of call reluctance that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, Let's take a short break. When we come back, I love this conversation. Shannon Goodson. Yeah, if anybody, you've been, anyone of you out there with a sales need or call, 1-800-930-2819. We'll take a question. We'll be right back. Are you feeling presentation challenged? Are you scared, nervous, or anxious in front of a group? Learn how to present magically. The Empowerment Partnership offers the Presenting Magically Seminar in Seattle, May 16th through the 18th. Gain rapport with groups of any size. Manage the energy around you. Increase your charisma and magnetism. Call for your $95 spring special at 800-800-MIND. Visit NLP.com. 
the Presenting Magically Seminar from the Empowerment Partnership at NLP.com. Are you suffering from chronic pain and fatigue? Are you tired of taking medications? There are solutions that are completely natural and effective. The key is to identify the root of the problem and allow your body, mind, and spirit to do the healing. At Holistique Medical Center, Dr. Darvish and her staff do just that. Treat you as an individual. Find the root cause of your symptoms and stimulate your innate healing. Call Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or visit drdarvish.com. That's drdarvish.com. Are you ready for greater clarity, courage, and commitment to live your passions? Are you ready to succeed in sync with your soul? Are you ready to honor your soul in any situation? With 21 years of experience, Sasha Sabbath is a leadership soul coach and certified passion test facilitator at 415-328-2631. That's 415-328-2631. Or visit leadershipsoulcoach.com. Louise Hay has shown millions of people how to heal their lives. You can be next. Now, Louise's inspirational life story is captured in the new You Can Heal Your Life, the movie. This loving portrait of Louise and the impact of her life work features guest appearances by Wayne Dyer, Cheryl Richardson, Doreen Virtue, and more. See the movie that's changing lives, now available on DVD. To watch a free preview, visit www.youcanhealyourlifemovie.com. The search is over. The Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, is your connection to tens of thousands of people waiting to hear your empowering message, waiting to choose your product or service. Dr. Pat's goal is to connect you with the people that want high-quality products and services created with love for humanity and the earth. Products and services like yours. Be the business that joins the buzz. The Dr. Pat Show buzz. The buzz of talk radio to thrive by. Connect with people that value conscious living and mindful thinking living life full out have your business be identified with this powerful and inspiring show join the buzz be the buzz let the dr pat show talk radio to thrive by be the conduit to those who would benefit most from your services to sponsor the dr pat show call dr pat at 206-523-5522 that's 206-523-5522 let our success be your success More choices, more topics, more shows. One station. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. The psychology of sales call reluctance is the fear of self-promoting holding you back. Well, I am thrilled to have one of the world's foremost experts, uh, Shannon Goodson, joining us here today. This is a passion of hers. This book is phenomenal as well. And we want to give you information to so that you can find out more about uh, about the work that she's doing, the upcoming workshops. We're going through and we're taking a look at the 12 faces of fear. And, I, and, you know, the question is, can you build relationships to the point or to the detriment of you actually closing? And so, Shannon, again, welcome to the show. Let's give out a website for our listeners. Yes, it's uh, www.callreluctance.com. Okay, so can we take this relationship building too far and how do we know when we've gone too far so to speak well um you can you rapport building and building the relationship is important 
um, it becomes a problem when the sales cycles get way too long. Uh, typically, if you can, if a salesperson can get with their manager, they should have an idea of how long it should take to close a sale. And if they go too far past that time period, then, then it can become a problem. Another way you can tell is if your competitor steps in and sells it before you do. <laughs> and that can be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you built the relationship and the need for the product, and then your competitor steps in and sells it. What What is the, and I know we're talking about the calling part of this, because cold calling, you know, for, for so many people, picking up that phone, you know, is hard. How do we help folks, our listeners, get past this fear and actually go for it, actually pick up the phone and dial? Well, it's, it's um, there's four steps. Uh, the first step is to be aware of the problem. They have to know that, that car reluctance is a problem that exists. Uh, the second step is the individual needs to admit that they may have this problem. And this is a big step for some people. It's, sometimes it's difficult for them to admit that they have this difficulty. But if they can make this step, then that's the most important one they can make. The next Step three is to assess which particular type they have. And in, in the case you just mentioned, that would be someone who has a fear of using the telephone. And so the last step would be to apply the, the correct countermeasure to help overcome that particular type. And, and for telephobia, there's eight different countermeasures that can be used. And it's, you have to be really careful to apply the correct countermeasure to the type of car reluctance because if you apply the wrong one, you can make it worse. But in the case of uh, people who are afraid to use the telephone, there's a very simple technique. We call this thought zapping. And it's a technique that is, we would see this as more of a mechanical procedure. There's other procedures that are more verbal and, and rely on self-persuasion. And we, I tend to, and George as well, my co-author, we tend to like the physical, mechanical procedures because you don't have uh -huh. to think about them. <laughs> it doesn't require reasoning because sometimes people who are really bright and intelligent can find all, way, all kinds of ways to weasel around it and not actually change. So, uh, so thought zapping has to do with um, using a rubber band on your wrist. Mm -hmm. And um, the, if you'd like, I can describe how you would apply it. I would, would love to because uh, I, I think this is our theme. I don't know if they mentioned it to you. Our theme this year is Get Out of the Gate in 2008. And so a lot of the shows that we're doing are, yes, they're informative, but they're about creating real change in our lives, behavioral change. Yes. Well, to, to apply thought zapping, you would take a rubber band and you put that around your wrist. And let's say you're sitting by the telephone and those old feelings start coming up that you're wanting to maybe go get another cup of coffee or visit with your friend and maybe put off making those calls. Immediately, you would zap your wrist with a rubber band. And this is not to punish you, but to, to grab your attention and say, stop. You can even yell, stop in your head. And and then replace those thoughts with something more pos positive or reasonable. Say, yeah, I think it would be better if I would make these calls. I might be able to sell something. And then, and then go on and make the call. And you need to practice this for a couple of days. And if you need to pop your wrist every single time those, those thoughts occur because you're trying to read. It's a habit. These are just the habits that get reinforced over time. When you, when you escape a, a anxiety provoking situation you feel relief and so it gets re reinforced so we're trying to to extinguish those thoughts so you just zap your wrist every single time those happens and then make the call 
and eventually you'll you won't have to zap yourself all the time. Well, and because eventually you want to actually change this behavior, right? Exactly, exactly. And you you tend to extinguish the anxiety because you're reducing the number of those ang- uh, negative thoughts that come in. Because you may tell a person may tell themselves that, oh. People hate to be called by telemarketers. They're, they're not going to like me. Or a yielder would say, oh, I'm going to be interrupting them. And if you if you zap and reduce those thoughts, then the this physiological feelings of anxiety are not going to occur as often. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. And, you know, we're talking about, and I mentioned I started the show, Donald Trump, Martha Stewart, you know, uh, Rachel Ray, Oprah, whoever it is that we see out in the media, especially, you know, if we look at the pop culture right now, we think, well, you know what, those people, they just know, those people, right? Those Mm. people know how to do that. But, you know, here I am, I'm trying to make a buck in sales, and, you know, I I have these fears. And the question I wanted to ask you, especially about your research, is, you know, have you found either different types of people, people more prone to fear? And and the other question is, is is this gender related? And and I ask that question because I, I think we can form perceptions about certain genders. Men do this, women do this. Yes, we can. And this is this has really kind of been dear to my heart because there are some people who are just natural self-promoters. They just do it easily. It comes natural for them. But for most of us, of us it's difficult. And I think for women in particular, um, I've been interested in looking at women who are trying to break through the glass ceiling. There's been a lot of studies, and they've looked at qualities and education, and women tend to have even women who have exactly the same qualities as the men still are earning less. And I thought, well, what could it be? And and I I think it, part of it has to do with the fear of self-promotion because women tend to think that they've kind of bought into the, the old myths of success, that if you work hard and do a good job and you're loyal, then your bosses will take care of you. Yep, I've been there. <laughs> I used to think that myself, you know, and, and it's just not true anymore. To be realistic, you know, it's you've got to take you've got to take care of yourself because typically your bosses will take care of themselves first, the natural self promoters next, and then you know we get what's left. Another thing is that that women tend to believe is that good work speaks for itself. That if they're doing a good job, then their bosses will recognize recognize it and give them the uh, promotions that they that they deserve and it just doesn't work that way anymore the men tend to be tend to be a bit more comfortable with the aggressiveness of of networking they make sure that they're seen with the right people and women hesitate to do that they think it's there's something somewhat wrong with that and in my research i've looked at uh, we looked at a group of sales people we had a total of fifty four thousand people uh, 38,000 men, and 16,000 women. Wow. And the biggest differences we found were that the women tend to have more stage fright. They're not as comfortable speaking in front of groups, uh, significantly more than men. Another type was social self-consciousness, and this is one of the types we haven't talked about. This has to do with um, being able to introduce yourself and promote yourself to a CEO or someone who is in a very powerful or wealthy position. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people who have this difficulty, are, they get intimidated easily, and they, they kind of avoid 
promoting themselves to these people. And these are actually the people that women need to be meeting. They need to go up and meet the CEO or introduce themselves to people who have the power and the influence to help them move ahead. Yeah, we need to do that more now than ever. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us here today. The website, everyone, the book is available. You can check it out. But the website, you, you will have a great time on this website. Call reluctance.com. Shannon Goodson, thank you so much for joining us here today. I love the work you're doing. Keep doing it. And I need to be checking out your next workshop because I think a few of us could uh, stand to those shows. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on the Dr. Pat Show. Shannon Goodson, uh, and you know, you could, there are many books actually on this website that you will Uh, be thrilled to find out about, you know, Psychology of Sales Call Reluctance. Fabulous. George Dudley joined her in that uh, authorship. CallReluctance.com is the website. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Dr. Pat Show. Matt James will be in the house. We've got lots of things to do. Special raffle for his upcoming workshop about speaking and presenting powerfully and that's what we're talking about here thank you benny for a great great job we'll see you all tomorrow right here on the dr pat show talk radio to thrive by